My name is Lola Fraser and I would like to welcome you to this podcast which will concentrate on those Jewish women who took the opportunity to serve as VADs or Voluntary Aid Detachment Volunteers during the First World War. Jewish girls, like their brothers, wanted to do their bit. The opportunities for women were, of course, limited. During that war, women did not serve as frontline troops. Instead, they had to satisfy themselves with nursing and caring roles, as well as stepping into home front roles which the men had left, like factory and shop work. The VAD was formed in August 1909 because of the fear that there was a shortage of nurses and should war come, the role of the voluntary aid detachment nurses and assistants would provide nursing and medical assistance during a time of war. They were organised by the British Red Cross Society and by 1914 the Order of St John as well. In 1914, 40,018 women were members of Red Cross detachments, compared with 17,696 men. The VAD's roles seemed to be split between those who were paid, albeit rather grudgingly, and performing, performed nursing duties, and those who were not paid. Confusingly, the lines between the groups seemed to blur so that we have some who were full-time, ran hospitals, but were still not paid. Women who volunteered as nurses or probationary nurses were given one-year contracts, making it easy for the authorities to get rid of them without pay or pension once the war was over. Those who signed up in August 1914 were in the war zone within weeks and were involved in the earliest actions of the war. Some witnessed the most appalling scenes before medical services were equipped to deal with the consequences of modern warfare. Some VADs were wealthy, like Beatrice, Lady Lever, daughter of an Australian merchant, Philip Falk, who had been born in Prussia, and his wife Sarah. Beatrice and her siblings were all born in Manchester. I came across her when I researched her husband, Arthur Levy, Le Lever Levy, and her brother-in-law, Sir Maurice Levy, both MPs. Arthur was 13 years older than Beatrice, and they had one son, Tristan. When war broke out, her husband, a Liberal MP, was recommissioned, and so she volunteered as a VAD. She died on the 28th of May 1917 of septic poisoning, which she contracted while nursing the wounded in Hampstead General Hospital, now the Royal Free Hospital, Hampstead, in London. There is a portrait of her there by the suffragist artist Ethel Wright. In 1920, the family published a light comedy she had written before her death called Light Brown Sugar. She is buried in Hoop Lane Jewish Cemetery, Golders Green, in London. The Red Cross trained all its members in first aid and some trained in nursing, cookery, hygiene and sanitation. The majority of female VADs volunteered as nurses trained by the Red Cross. They were dispatched throughout the UK and Europe during the war. Red Cross working parties throughout the country organised the supply of clothing for soldiers in hospital. They also made vital hospital items such as bandages, splints, swabs and clothing. Many people offered their properties to the cause. Hospitals were set up in town halls, elementary schools and private houses. Being the Red Cross, they looked for donations and the Jewish community were happy to help raise funds. One person in the forefront of this was Clarissa Bershofsheim. Her husband, 
Henri Louis Birchhoffsheim, who ran Birchhoffheim Goldschmidt Bankers, obviously had family connections with the wealthy Goldschmidt family. Clarissa and Henry married in 1856 in Holland and were already in London when their first daughter was born in 1858. By 1861, they were both naturalised British subjects. When Henri died in 1908, he left an estate equivalent to, in today's money to £172 million. Henri, with Samson Lucas and Lord Rothschild, had opened Daneswood in 1891, which was a Jewish convalescent home for consumptives in Woburn Sands. Presumably, Clarissa had been involved because after Henri died, she continued the work and, by 1915, the Jewish Chronicle is reporting that she is president of the Jewish convalescent home, personally making up any financial deficit they might have had. She raised funds for a convalescent home for wounded soldiers known as Tudor House, which was on the site of the current Summit House, Hampstead, next to the Whitestone Pond in Hampstead. She had persuaded her late husband's cousin, Baroness de Hirsch, to fund the home, which was initially opened in 1898, but had to close due to lack of funds. The Red Cross then took it over in 1918, staffing it with Jewish volunteers, at least during wartime. Clarissa, however, was still the driving force. The women were volunteers, some doing 2,000 or 3,000 hours in 1918, although most did hundreds of hours. Some were there at night. They worked in the linen closet as well as the dispensing room. The British Jewry Book of Honour has photos of about 24 of the women who volunteered there, as well as Messrs. Lowenthal, Gaster and Mendel. Many of the women lived in West Hampstead, London, which was at the time a popular place for the Jewish community, near both Lauderdale Road Sephardi Synagogue and Hampstead United Synagogue. This is the staff of Beach House in Bronsbury, which opened in 1915 and was staffed by Jewish staff. Five trained full-time nurses and 32 part-time members of the local VAD. It had 50 beds. It closed on the 31st of May 1919, and in that time had had 1,560 patients, and only one had died. Miss Janie Joseph, OBE, served in both Beach House and then Tudor House as, as the Commandant. She seems an amazing woman, gazing out of the photos full of confidence, but I have found so little about her. She was the daughter of David and Fanny Joseph, one of four sisters, only one of whom ever married. On the 1901 census, she has no job listed. By 1911, she is listed as a private teacher. Her Red Cross card states that she was a VAD and served from 1910. There is a long list of her service. When Tudor House opened, she transferred from Beach House, Hampstead, to become their commandant, ultimately receiving an OBE for her work there. She worked full-time for no pay. Sadly, by 1939, we can assume that her nursing skill was being used to care for her disabled sister, as on the 1939 household survey, she is listed as having private means and living with her two single sisters. She died on the 27th of April, 1958, aged 98. The VAD cards are up on the Red Cross site, so I have spent time trying to find people who are pictured in the British Jury Book of Honour or served at Beach House or Tudor House. People like Estelle Barnett. This is Estelle Mendoza Barnett, living alone at 35 The Parade Cricklewood on the 1901 census. 
Her photo is blurred and she seems self-effacing as she tries to hide behind the others at Tudor House. She had worked originally as a volunteer for 385 hours in the linen room at the Hampstead War Hospital, Finchley, for about a year, before also transferring to Tudor House. Born in 1858, she would have been 60 in 1918 when the card was written, and as she didn't die until 1954, she lived until she was 96. Unfortunately, there do not appear to be Red Cross cards for all the VADs. We know this because we have on our site stories of other VADs like Janetta or Netta Jacobs, who served as a VAD after being arrested in Germany as an enemy alien at the start of the war. She had to leave her eldest son in Ruleben, prisoner of war camp. She was allowed to return home and with her daughter, also Jeanette, known as Nettie, served as a VAD. Of course, it was not just in London where Jewish women and philanthropists volunteered. Sir John Howard in Brighton gave £40,000 to charity, which was used to pay for the erection of a convalescent home near the sea between Brighton and Rottingdean, and continued giving to hospital charities throughout the war. In Liverpool, there is the story of Lena Beer. She and her husband, Walter, funded the Bradstones Auxiliary Hospital in Liverpool, where she subsequently served as a commandant for two years from March 1917 until March 1919, also for no pay. She was awarded an OBE. Her two sons served. Arthur received the Military Cross for conspicuous gallantry and devotion to duty, but was sadly killed on the 21st of April 1918. Her second son, Sidney, was posted to the Isle of Wight, but was discharged due to chronic illness. In Manchester, we have the story of Emily Hartman, Vud, who served initially at the 2nd Western General Hospital, which had opened on the 16th of August 1914, and provided a 500-bed hospital. The nursing staff was organised by the principal matron of the Manchester Royal Infirmary, MRI. Local hospitals in the East Lancashire area, from Bury to Chester, gave over beds for use by the military. Over half the beds in the Manchester Royal Infirmary were filled by casualties from the war and St Mary's nearly closed to the civilian population due to the demands of the military. By 1918, over 25,000 beds came under the command of the Second Western General Hospital and more than 500,000 casualties had been treated. Emily was the eldest daughter of Aaron and Dora Hartman. Research often brings up strange things. The family's naturalisation papers say he was a wholesale jeweller and wallpaper merchant. Not too sure why those two things are connected. She had two surviving brothers and a sister educated at Eton House. She became a VAD in April 1918, serving at the Second Western General before transferring to Bermondsey. Her VAD card says she was a probationer, which means she was paid. She can't have been there long before she caught pneumonia, dying of flu on the 20th of October 1918, aged just 22. She is memorialised not just on the We Were There Too site, but also in the De Rouvenet Book of Honour, and I quote, The Lady Superintendent of Bermondsey House wrote, I take a personal interest in all our members, and knowing the splendid work done by Miss Hartman should like to convey the very deepest sympathy in your sad loss. And the Order of St John also wrote to express their appreciation of the untiring energy and devotion displayed by Miss Hartman in all her work. 
She is buried in Ecclesfield Jewish Cemetery. At that time, nurses were not given Commonwealth war graves, but this has now been remedied. And in 2005, a Gallipoli marker was added to her grave. She is also acknowledged on the Commonwealth war grave site as having died serving her country. Our site also has the record of Hassan sisters, Ethel and Lully Hassan, who served as VADs, daughters of Clement, a shipping merchant, and Diamante Hassan. She was born in Benghazi, an Italian national, and Diamante, who was born in Tripoli. The family lived on the Wilmslow Road in Withington. Both girls served. Ethel, Esther, according to the Red Cross card, worked full-time for two and a half years in Fairview Auxiliary Hospital in Fallowfield, providing kitchen and nursing duties. Lully, her son, her sister, worked or more likely volunteered at Didsbury and Withington Red Cross Hospital, Lawnhurst, Didsbury. She worked 5,434 hours from October the 15, October 1915 to June 1919 on pantry and ward work like duties. Honours, none. Presumably payment, none either. After the war, Ethel married a man called Ernest Wolfe and they stayed in the Manchester area. Lully went down to London and never married. Then there is Phoebe Epstein, who served as a VAD at her local barracks from 1914, straight from leaving school aged 14. During the Second World War, she again volunteered driving soldiers up and down the country for the Mechanised Transport Corps. She also kept her home open to any Canadian, free French or American soldiers in need of a place to stay. She died in 1997, age 97. There are, of course, many more such women. Please tune in another time to listen to the stories of some of Quint's Queen Alexandra Imperial military nurses. Thank you for listening.